Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. For more information and to donate online, go to 3cr.org.au. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Hi, I'm Kim Salmon. I'd like to have a quick word about uh, public radio, particularly 3CR. The thing about public radio is that it's more open than the more formatted types of radio to what's going on around it. So when you listen to it, you're more likely to hear a reflection of real life. And 3CR being in the heart of Smith Street, Collingwood, is a particularly good example of what I'm talking about. If you'd like to uh, subscribe... The number is 94198377. You've been listening to the same. You could never understand. Feel the let, me t- let me tell you what I think of bicycling. I think that it's done more to emancipate women than anything else in the world. It gives women a feeling of freedom and self-reliance. I stand and rejoice every time I see a woman ride on a wheel. The picture of a free, untrammeled womanhood. And on this windy, cold Melbourne morning here, you're listening to the Yarrabug Radio Show here on 3CR. Streaming it, podcasting it, or listening it to the trainee in the kitchen. Our very many thanks to Amy Goodman and the team at Democracy Now! Another highlight look into democracy in America. We've got an action-packed show because it's just Faith and I as it smells. We'll have trouble stopping each other talking. Good morning, Faith. A little touch of winter out there this morning the last week? Um, I'm, uh, I'm not sure, Val. I haven't been in Melbourne for much over the last week. And it, I thought it was actually – I was up in Albury where it was slightly wintry, but it was certainly warmer than some of the earlier weeks we've had. Yeah. So. Uh, anyway, nice to see everybody still out there riding. Um, Faith, where are we going to start? You got a little bike moment to share? I do. Um, well, as I've I've been up in Albury for about ten days, and uh, I have a, a regular commute to a hospital on the other side of Albury. Um, and the first few times I have a bike up there. So the first few times I went the obvious route, which was um, up over the one and only hill in Albury. Um, and they're very wide roads. And you notice people, the wider the road, the, the more difficulty drivers have holding a line. <laughs> like, so it wasn't a very pleasant commute. And uh, another day I'd been piddling down, around down by the Murray River. And gradually I, I got the idea that if I just kept following that path, it would take me somewhere close enough. In, to- close enough. 
and in, in the end found this lovely commute all along um, the Murray with big gum trees, heaps of some of the fattest kookaburras I've seen mm, in yeah. a long while, lots of pelicans. Um, smells good. And then you pop out right near the hospital I need to be at after having done maybe – if you can stretch out, if you take the longest version, yeah. almost 10 k's, and with some little gravel sections in between the bitumen. Sounds wonderful. That was a bonus. And some really good uh, indigenous sculpture. There's a sculpture walk along, walk along it. Uh. So, uh, yeah, it's a slow ride home because <laughs> <laughs> you've uh, got plenty of things to look at. That sounds wonderful up there. Those beautiful old river river gums and yeah, are just quite magnificent. We've had a yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was, was going to go off on something else. We've had a couple of tree surgeons in my local park. Uh-huh. They've completely butchered about four beautiful eighty to ninety year old river gums. Yep. And that's what I notice when I get up to Albury, that you still see very old, very large trees. trees. Whereas living in inner city Melbourne, yeah. you know, it's especially on the northern side, it's yeah. um, there aren't trees that are that old or big. And, um, no. We could get derailed here. Yeah, we could. Because well, I mean, <laughs> there are some wonderful trees around. Look, um, if people, I know I've used Susan B. Anthony's quote, a number of times over the last 10 years. The reason why I just bring it to light today is that, um, look, I have an interest in politics from everywhere and all sorts of things. I came across a group in America, a, you know, obviously a lobbying group, um, called the Susan B. Anthony List. And look, just on looking at it, I would imagine that it would be about getting, making sure women had equal representation in their elected officials. But no, it's an anti-abortion group. Yep. Uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> so I guess, you know, a lot of those suffragettes, a lot of them especially came through the Methodist women's yep. groups yep. and uh, did a lot of outreach and a lot of really good work in very poor areas. Yep. Um, but some of their other focuses were... Things that we now would say is quite restrictive, oh, but it, came period. Yeah. Yeah, from that religious background. Ah. Yeah, so you know most of them are also part of the temperance movement. Yes, true. No. And a lot of that was motivated not by um, necessarily a direct hatred of the demon drink, but it was more about the impact they on saw it families. having on families. No. Um, but yeah, as uh, originating often from very religious groups. Yeah then there are some um, of their causes that we might look at now and go, ooh. No, uh, it, it's, not a, it's not an old group. No, but they would find... They would find simpatico in those yeah, original in her, ideas yeah, of it. Yeah. yeah. I should study more. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've read her and um, what's her name's life in a couple of things, but it, it, it actually highlighted those things, but I yeah. sort of didn't put the two together. No. No. <laughs> um, my bike moment of the week is 
I've had, look, this is a very much a first world bicycle problem. I know that. I get an annoying bounce out of my lovely canvas bag in my wall basket on the front. <laughs> Every time I hit a bump, it goes, <laughs> which I find most distracting. <laughs> and I haven't been able to eliminate but during the week, I discovered a method of beating it. Uh-huh. So I have silence now every time uh-huh. I go over a bump. It's wonderful. <laughs> First world problems. News, we've got a bit of news. bit of news. Um, well, very locally, if, you've, uh, if you're in the Yarra area and you've had a bike stolen recently, um, Richmond Police Station have uh, a number of bikes that they've retrieved and they're looking for the owners for. There's... Uh, Photos of the bikes online, and uh, if you think one of them is yours, you can call Richmond Police Station, ask to speak to their property officer, and you will need proof of ownership, which, you know, could be just scrolling through your Instagram account and finding that photo of you with your your bike. Um, So have a Google iWatch Yarra Police Service Area, and we'll also put up a link in the podcast to the post about those bicycles. Yeah. One of them's quite a nice... uh, Vintage bicycle. There we go. And everybody will be happy to know if none of those bikes are claimed, they will go to Second Chance Cycles. And find a happy new and home. Find a happy new home. Where all good bicycles end up <laughs> in the scrap pile. Now, I know um, this might be a bit of away from bicycles, but um, ever since, ever since um, uh, Bernie Tarpey got 400 million euros out of the, uh, the French government, who was the manager of the team that um, Bernard Hinault and um, won the Tour de France with, so 84, 85 and 86. Um, and, uh, of course, got, my memory slips me now, the American winner as well, which I'll die, Greg Lamont. Anyway, he owned the team. He got this massive payout from um, the French government Christine Lagarde was found guilty of not being a good minister, now been appointed to the president of the uh, European Central Bank, which is good. (laughs) 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 They just keep coming. And it's interesting, in all, I read a couple of good in-depth articles uh, about the whole thing, and it it came up in every one of them, which was quite funny, (laughs) I found. Bernie hasn't been heard of, to say the least, and they can't get the 400 million (laughs) back off him. (laughs) Uh. Um, oh, and a smaller piece of news, but maybe significant. Um, I don't know how many people know that RuPaul rides a bicycle and uh, has oh, yes. done for a couple of years. And um, But tweeted during the week, um, you know, that uh, um, sort of infographic about how many cars you can fit on a road oh, yes, and then the how many then people the, in the bus and, the, and how many yeah. people if they're on um, – Bicycles, bicycles or walk, walking. So tweeted a version of that. I think it had been done for Seattle. Um, and, uh, yeah, it, it was interesting seeing, A, taking up advocacy, but then the impact when it's to an audience that are probably not of that, that world, world. And, yeah. and, you know, but reacting very positively in general to it. It was, yeah, you just thought, wow, if RuPaul becomes a bicycle advocate. Our work here is done. <laughs> no, no, no. That uh, New York uh, uh, 
Congressman was right. There is an international, well-funded bicycle conspiracy <laughs> operating the whole world over. Yes. I think there was a couple of tweets about welcome, welcome to the all-powerful bicycle lobby. Yes, of course. <laughs> Look, it, it, interesting that we're talking about that. I mentioned to somebody on the weekend about bikes, and I made the reference to, you know, well, in some ways it's just a vacuum cleaner. And this bike person, I think, was going to strangle me. I said, <laughs> look, you know, there's, there's, it happens both sides. I mean, some people make gods out of bicycles, mm. but they're just bicycles. Yeah. yeah. Vacuum cleaners. Yeah. 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 What Get sort of vacuum done. cleaner do you want just going to do the job. Yeah. That's all you need. <laughs> Vacuum cleaners. Now, um, other news. No, Napier Street's nearly back to um, its best. Congratulations, everybody who did the survey for Sydney Road. Yep. Yep. Very important survey and some uh, a strong response. It so was. that should uh, be useful. I, I guess one thing... Should I mention this now? Yes. I was, um, City of Melbourne are citywide, do their garbage services. Yep. And uh, mm. they've um, brought in new garbage trucks. So if you're looking at – it doesn't matter where you look. It's Amsterdam, London, Melbourne. Um, one of the major causes of accidents with cyclists and pedestrians are trucks. Yes. And it's uh, to do with the lack of visibility truck drivers have. And it's always mystified me. I just think, at what point in the process do you say, I want to drive this vehicle on the road and I cannot see most of the other road users around me and someone from the regulatory authority says, yeah, that'll be fine, you know. But uh, so some cities in Europe have been gradually bringing in rules about requiring um, trucks with better vision. Um, and in Melbourne we don't have those rules, but citywide have invested in some new trucks. Um, they've got the low cabins with the very big front windscreen, yep. windows quite low on the sides, and also uh, cameras. So internally they have a screen that shows them a 360-degree view outside. Yep. And they also have... Um, a reverse gear braking system that automatically applies the brakes if an object comes within certain distance. On the camera, yep. And it doesn't mention this in the article, but from the photo, it looks like they have those, um, I don't know what they're called, but the panels between the wheels so that you can't get swept under. Underneath, yeah. yep. So, uh, and they're smaller and more manoeuvrable. So I think that's a really good step in the right direction. The number of cyclists going through the city the of city, Melbourne. The city of Melbourne streets being yeah. quite narrow. Yes, and there's been a um, there's been a bit of a push away from that in ca- local councils. Uh, one of the local couple of the councils now thinking of fortnightly rubbish bin pickups. Yeah. So that idea of encouraging people to actually cut down on their waste can yeah. start. But it's interesting still, I mean, I live in Yarra and we've got some small streets, but still the big trucks are there. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, um, well, it's, it's and as we get busier cities and, you know, when I was a kid, <laughs> let's go back oh, to this. Oh, no, no, go back to last century, please. <laughs> no. But I remember a family with four kids, so six people, and you put out one tiny little tin garbage bin every With a lid on it. <laughs> Yes, and you had to have the lid on it. it had yeah. those tiny little locks on the hand. Got your face. 
<laughs> or maybe it was twice a week he put it up. But it was tiny. No, no, tiny. Yeah. One bin. Yeah. yeah. That was it. Oh, God, you just... <laughs> Let's not get started. That I'll look at the streets on Mondays in Yarra, and you cannot imagine how much rubbish, yeah. you know, packaging that goes out. Seeing as I'm on Yarra, just talking about, um, oh, don't um, talking about actually, we're talking about how you know there we are citywide changing the design of their trucks to make it safer for everybody else. We've got a lot of the narrow streets in Yarra. And there's one narrow street that runs alongside, um, you know, Burnley Park. It's a two-way street. There are car parking on both sides of the street. And, you know, you can see people drive down there both ways quite spectacularly, which is, you know, pretty silly. But the council is now running a plan that actually the cars that are parked close to the, next to the park the car drivers can't get access to both doors. They're going to take a yard and cut down 23 of the trees in the park to make it accessible for car drivers to walk across to the other side of their car and get in. This is a road that two-thirds of its space is already given over to parking. parking. They're going to take a yard and 23 trees off the park so it's easier for somebody to walk around to then drive that point two of a kilometre to the shop. <laughs> That's a, there'll be there's a huge backlash coming. Set of priorities. There's a huge backlash coming on. It's really quite interesting. And some of them are quite magnificent, lovely old trees, which they refer to as nearly dead or diseased. <laughs> Still, there we go. Um, what else have been I've been reading a Always been fascinated by the way big cities work, how commuting works, how it changes people, and there's now a lot of um, study into this and a lot of real, you know, good in-depth looking at it. Now, uh, there was an article in the conversation, and we'll put it a, um, I'll put a link up to it. And the study was working was actually designed to have a look at actually what did long commutes do to people. And I think they studied about um, 1,100 full-time workers who had daily commutes. And most of the findings were that those who commute long distance tend to have more days off work. Among middle-aged workers, those who walk or cycle perform better in the workplace. Those who commute short distances, walk or cycle to work, are more likely to be happy commuters, which makes them more productive. The interesting part is when it gets into actually tying commute distances to days off work and ill health. It's a really good article to look at and it's a good article to see that sometimes when you're designing cities, it's more than just getting from A to B. Mm, Yeah, definitely. Building in those uh, other benefits that people haven't been measuring but um, Uh, do so increasingly. There's another part of it. The, um, I mean, it really is a good article. The average commuting distance for Australian capital cities is about 15 k's. Um, workers with a commuting distance of 1k have 36% fewer absent days than those computing 50. Workers who commute 50 kilometres have 22% more absent yep. days. I mean, we all know friends who've tried to commute from... Mornington or, you know, mm. uh, Castle, Maine, 
it can be a killer in some cases. And I wonder then what happens if you look at a country like the Netherlands where people have quite long commutes um, and a large section of that will be done on a train. So they might be riding to the station, going 70 kilometres on a train and then riding a kilometre to work at the end. Yeah. How... Yep. what the breakdown there is. That would be interesting. There's a fun fact. If you're sick in the Netherlands... There's what? <laughs> this, if you take a sick day in the Netherlands... I didn't know this, and I first started living there with my partner, and he took a day off work sick. And uh, so he rang up work, said, I'm too sick. Fine, that's great. And about three hours later, there's a knock at the front door, and he was in bed sleeping, so I went and answered the door, and it's a man to check that he's sick. So there are agencies who specialise. If you take a sick day, someone comes and knocks on your door and you don't have to take in a sick certificate from a doctor because they actually come and knock on your door, <laughs> which I just found astonishing. Nothing to do with bicycles, sorry. But, no, um, no, no. But maybe he arrived on a bicycle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe he was a happier worker and more diligent in his work, checking yeah. up those sick people because his commute was less than a common one. Well, and traditionally it would be someone from your work because you would maybe oh, yeah. live quite close. But now there are actually, you know, it's some, it's a branch of employment agencies and that they provide this yes. service. Yeah. Admin will send them a list of who's called in sick and they will go and... Uh, Knock on the door. <laughs> Drag you out of bed. <laughs> I, my boss is not listening. <laughs> um, next up. So one thing I was thinking, um, we have, we, we've had Newcastle have installed a light rail yes. recently. Yes. Um, and uh, there was tragically last week an accident where um, – a man's wheel became stuck in the tracks and he fell off, hitting his head and dying of those injuries, which, you know, is very, very unfortunate when you think of yeah. how often we've all fallen off <laughs> after getting caught in the tram tracks and, and not um, succumbed to head injuries. So um, that's very sad. It, it There's been a lot of discussion about it because um, I guess in Newcastle the light rail tracks are newish and so there is this thing of how you negotiate them and are they safe or unsafe. Yeah. And then in contrast, there have been other reported accidents. A man late last year uh, injured his knee quite badly. Someone else has come off. Um, there are signs warning about them, a safety campaign of information yeah. about how to cross tracks. And no. and then you think, well, you know, we, we've had tram tracks all this time in Melbourne and does it – is it something you just get used to, or oh, sure. yeah. yeah, or is it something about the way these are configured or built on the road that you don't have as much space to negotiate them? Yeah, it's. Uh, I know there are stories from the eighteen nineties in the newspapers in Melbourne cyclists having accidents with tram tracks. Tram tracks. Nothing's changed much on that. Not a lot. And and those were different. They were cable tram tracks. Yeah, yeah. Oh, because it had a central groove, which was quite big, actually, yeah. and quite deep. Yeah. And, uh, and then the pony tram, that was the pony tram up at Coburg. That was, if you came off, there was a good chance you were going to land in horse shit. Soft land. <laughs> Soft shit. <laughs> but um, but it, it also, is, it's kind of like the garbage trucks. It made me think, well, we have these things that obviously are good things to have. 
and we design them to be safe to a point, but it seems that that point is for the bigger road users. Yeah. And then there's a level at which we agree they have some risk, garbage trucks and tram tracks, tracks. for pedestrians and cyclists. Yep. And we're happy to live with that risk. Yep. And, Our- and then, and then the, the warning is towards pedestrians and cyclists, well, you need to be careful around these things. Yeah. And it, it just – I thought it was an interesting idea how we – It's an interesting nexus because we're one of the few countries in the world that actually goes about it by categorising and quantifying the risk. That's our big thing with OH&S or safety in Australia. We're, we calculate the risk. Then we decide whether we toss the coin. Yeah. So we try and get the risk low. We don't try and eliminate it. That's why nobody yeah. in Australia has a target of zero deaths on the world, on the roads. You yeah. know, so it's about managing a risk. Yeah. And it's a playoff. And you can see that happen over and over again, especially in, in failed things. And they're not risks specific to us. I mean, I know living in Amsterdam consistently, cyclist yep. deaths involve trucks. Yep. And trucks, you know, you have separated bike lanes, yep. but a truck that needs to get around a narrow corner will ride straight over straight it. Straight over the top of it. Oh. And tram tracks too. Yeah. It's, you know, and, and they have the same issues with them. A lot of foreigners living in Amsterdam who aren't familiar with tram tracks and yep. tend to come off them. So it's, yeah. Well, of course, you just get bigger tyres. <laughs> hey? <laughs> you just get bigger tyres. Uh, um, should we look at some events coming yes, up? Yes, we should. Yes. Please do. Um, All I've got is other bad news. <laughs> oh, no. The thing happening in New York at the moment, there's oh, a backlash yep, yep. going on against cyclists. After four or five years of good growth, they're starting to come... 15 cyclists have died in New York City already this year, 10 the whole of last year. Anyway. And it, it's it's happening elsewhere too, yeah, that yeah, rise yeah. in, uh, yeah. We've um, improved every other death users. except pedestrians yeah. and cyclists in Australia. Anyway. Well, if you do want some cheering up, yep. tomorrow night, the 13th of August, at the Crown Village Cinema is the Big Bike Film Night. Um, you can get tickets for that at Event Finder. Dot com.au and we'll put a link up with the podcast. Um, tickets are $26 or sixteen fifty for juniors and it's a whole series of uh, short films um, about cycling and all sorts of different types. So uh, from, you know, cycling, Mount Kosciuszko, a New Zealander who has a two-wheel love story to share a documentary about a community mother who runs a bicycle training program for migrants and refugee women, pioneering mountain bikers, Africa, all sorts of things. So that's on tomorrow, Tuesday night at uh, Crown Village Cinemas, South Bank. And also coming up is... The Tour de France Tourmalet Party, hosted by Bicycle Network and Curve and A Block Beer and Burnley Brewing. And this is on Saturday the 20th of July at Burnley Brewing on Bridge Road in Richmond. And uh, it will be from 8pm for Stage 14 through the French Mm -hmm. Alps from Tarbes 
to Tumalay. Tumalay. There we go. Big mountain stage. If you register via Eventbrite, you will get 10% off all your food and drink from 8pm until the close. And there's a chance to win prizes from Burnley Brewing and MAP and uh, Bicycle Network. That'll be fun. Always a fun night out watching the Tour de France with it is people. Too. And it's been going along rockingly as they speak at the moment. And the other thing coming up a month away, but worth starting to think about now, is the awesome Melbourne Grand Prix of Cyclocross at the new Broadford venue. There we go. That is going to be pretty cool. Pretty cool. It'll yeah, it'll be um that'd be a big weekend, won't it? It'll be huge, yeah. yeah. Uh, you can camp there, so you can make it a big weekend. Week in the country, catching <laughs> that. Oh, I must admit, winter I love actually when it gets yes. chilly and you get that clean, crisp yeah. air. It just changes everything. No, that's what's been nice riding down along the Murray. Yeah. Uh, platypuses? You know what? Uh, it's lovely, but I have to say, having seen the Murray since I was a kid, I don't think it's very well. It's a little bit, don't look too hard. Uh <laughs> Well, well, you know. I didn't want to destroy the vibe. <laughs> I'm going to go home and look at my hands ice and painting of the Murray Bentley twifting around the billabong. Yes. And then, it's like when you walk into a restaurant with the menu, you have to look up at the menu. When the food comes, it doesn't look anything like the picture. <laughs> uh, yes. And that's all we have time for today. 3CR relies on the support of our listeners, and I'll guess what? I forgot to mention our Radiothon total. We have absolutely blitzed it. We have the best listeners. We have gone way over our target. And special thanks most recently in the last week to Emma Lou, Stephen McKenzie, and Burundara Bug, who have all made donations. Thank you very much to everyone who's supported us to keep 3CR and the Yarrabug Radio Show on the air. Coming up next is... Jail, jailbreaking. Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. For more information and to donate online, go to 3cr.org.au. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast.